Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Caters. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. This week we celebrate animals wild and cuddly as we put Jack Hanna's Animal Adventures up against Zofumafu. And we take a special look at the really wild show. And of course, give some love to the one and only Michaela Strachan. Producer Paul and I are still in different locations, but as ever, we're still here to bring you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. So, let's get started. And uh, joining me as ever, it's Producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm good, face. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks for bearing with me this week. I know I've been a bit of a pain uh, in terms of delaying the broadcast twice. Um, yeah, it's one of those things this week. Very busy. That's all right. That's all right. We we keep chugging along regardless on uh, on yesterday's capers. We move, we move. So let's get started. And I'm going to do things a little bit backwards because normally I like to do everything in chronological order. But I think you might understand in a minute why I'm doing it in this particular order. So we're going to start with Zabumafu. And this show came out in January 1999 and some of the things happening in the world. President Bill Clinton's impeachment trial begins in the US Senate after the House voted to impeach him for lying about his affair with Monica Lewinsky. The euro currency is introduced. In one of the largest drug busts in American history, the United States Coast Guard intercepts a ship with over 9 1,500 pounds or 4.3 tons of cocaine aboard and it was headed for Houston, Texas. She's All That is in the cinemas and Pretty Fly for a White Guy by Offspring was number one in the charts. I definitely know this one. I've got to know this one, haven't I? <laughs> Tell you what though, this song has aged horribly. Yeah, it's, it's one of those songs that everyone knows. but um... No, but g- growing up, I loved it. It was a banging tune. 20 years on, did not age well. See, the Venga Boys were going to Ibiza. I thought that aged well. Yeah. This, however, God, it was... I was listening to it. I was like, I like this. The world needs wannabes. Forget about it. It's a terrible song. And you, and you, and you realise that they didn't have another hit record after this one, did they? I don't think so. I mean, you're no better than I would because you've done the research. But No, I, 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 I didn't care to have a look if they did have another, another hit record. But no, yeah, that was number one in the charts. So there you go. The Boomerfu. God, the, the name is so ridiculous. What kind of a name is Zabumafu? I don't even know. I mean, this whole... It doesn't even make sense. This whole show was crazy. Like, straight out of the box. Yeah, so let's Zabumafu. let's just go <laughs> into it. So yeah, this was a uh, Canadian children's television series. I mean... I knew it. I knew it. <sighs> Look, we've had like a... A spike of listeners in Canada. For some reason, there are people in Canada who like this pod. And honestly, I thank you all for listening and downloading. Like, 
honestly, y'all, I appreciate it. And it's not as if you guys, like me doing this pod, have had a great track record of good stuff because Angela Anaconda was Canadian as well, and I thought that was pretty bad. And Atomic Betty was cute, but I don't think it was particularly great. I mean, if I mean, are you afraid of the dark? That's probably the one Canadian show that stood out. I thought that was decent, but oh, okay, okay. Let's let's just go into uh, the admin side of uh, Zabumafu. So this was a uh, a creation of the Crack Brothers. So this is Chris and Martin who are on the show, and it features a talking lemur or a cockerel's sifaka named Zabumafu. And it was voiced by puppeteer Gord Robertson. He also was a puppeteer on Fraggle Rock. And yeah, he named and on Fraggle Rock. I think he portrayed a lemur called Jovian and other animal guests. And every episode of Zabuma Food begins with the Crack Brothers in Animal Junction, which is a peculiar place in which the rules of nature change and wild animals come to visit and play. Believe it or not, the show was broadcast in, obviously, Canada, the US, Latin America, Brazil, Australia, Spain, UK, Ireland, France, Germany, Portugal, Belgium, the Netherlands, Middle East, India, Serbia, and Montenegro, or them two as two separate countries, Bosnia and Herzegovina, and the Republic of Macedonia in the Serbian language. I mean, I can't imagine that they actually enjoyed these shows. Maybe they just had to sell it to anyone who'd who'd buy it, kind of like really pushing it out there. Because once they got past the first series, no one wanted it anymore. I think uh, I think they only had two series, and then it was uh, it was curtains. So the show kind of starts with the presenters leaning out the window and call for Zabumafu or Zabu or Zab shown in live action segment as an actual lemur and then he leaps across and turns into a talking puppet and when he reaches animal junction he won't talk to the crap brothers until they give him a snack generally lemur appropriate food like garbanzo beans sweet potato or mango slices after he's done eating he snaps he snacks snaps after he's done eating he snacks he promptly burps by saying, excuse me, and then spins around the turntable shouting, Zabumafoo! At which point he becomes a Lima puppet. And then it leads to the main segment of the episode by describing a Mangatsika, which is a Malagasy word meaning cold, but it's used in the series to mean cool. And he's describing an animal that he saw on his way to Animal Junctions. As he describes the animal, a song is played. Who could it be? Da, 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 da. Who could it be? While a cartoon shows the characteristics of a mystery animal, and at the end of the song, Chris and Martin try to guess the animal Zabu has described and the mystery is revealed when the animal or animals arrive at Animal Junction. Each episode has a theme, for example, baby animals, frightening animals, or the importance of play. The arrival of the mystery animal, generally used as exposition, leads Zabu, Chris and Martin into conversations about various aspects of said particular animal. 
as I was talking about, the segment is divided into seven bits. So you have the obviously the scene, the theme song, which is me and you and Zabu Mafu. Then you've got the mystery animal song. Then you've got the Zabu land story. Then you've got the duck or animal helpers. Then another song called Going to the Closet, which is a journey to visit animals. Then you got Zabulan story number two. And then you got the ending theme, which is Animal Friends. And obviously there's some running gags in the show, some slapstick and situation comedy, which isn't funny at all. Most prominent of the recurring jokes is the closet gag which involves a crammed closet with Chris and Martin open to gather needed items for an exploration as Zabu sings a song about the brothers' preparations for going on a trip. Chris and Martin open the door and an avalanche of outdoor items and clothes fall on them, knocking them over and resulting in laughter from them. Ha 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 So just before the trip, there's always a bird that flies down towards Animal Junction making Chris and Martin yell, Incoming duck! Only twice in the show's history was the bird a real duck. And the ones that often do it are a peregrine falcon named Sticky Feet or a barn owl named Moonface. Some of Zabu's catchphrases include Mangansika. And I meant to do that. And I can't believe my mind. Or I'm Voki. Or hey, who? Hubba hubba. I've never heard any of those catchphrases. I didn't know. And again, I only decided to watch two episodes in total. I think I watched so. four episodes in total. But there was back to back ones. Wow. You watched more of this than me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could only tolerate two before losing the will to live. And at least once every episode, or twice in most episodes, Zabu says that some event in Animal Junction reminds him of a time in Zabulan. And so he tells a story about his best friends in Zabulan, such as Nachi, which is an anteater-like creature, Gubul, a bear-like creature that eats Gubul berries, Sensit, a lima that typically plays around, Wiggy Waxwing, a bird-like creature who likes to sing and eat root noodles, Green Puppy, Oh, it's basically a green puppy. Slimantha, a salamander-like creature. Noggin Drill, a mole-like creature that uses his drill-shaped horn. Snow Lima, a lima that lives on the mountain. And Baby Zabumafuasaurus and Zabumafuasaurus, who are dinosaurs, who appear in CGI. Bugly, a bug that Zabu rides on. Phoebe, a sea creature with several parts, including a tentacle and a crab leg. And Sai, a levitating one-eyed squid introduced in the second season. And these segments are animated using clay animation and feature distinct voices for each character. Zabu and the brothers sign off by singing Animal Friends, which is a song that explains why animals are friends to everyone, despite being different species. Finally, Zabu turns back into a normal lemur and returns to his home in Madagascar. Chris and Martin also leave Animal Junction to better demonstrate the theme of the day, traveling to a region, often in India or Africa, to visit the creatures there. Okay, I've spoken way too long now. Say say something about this show. Um, that CGI segment 
was trash. It really, really done my head in. Um, <laughs> I can't, I, I can't even be polite about it because you know, like um, from like back in the day when they did like uh, Godzilla, but like stop motion Godzilla, when they literally yeah. p- would put like a clay model over an image and whatever, it kind of looked like that. And I was like, this is horrible, horrible to watch. What, the show or the CGI bit? The, the CGI bit specifically. The the theme tune was actually quite cool. I like, it was quite like, I quite like the theme tune. But the, the shows were, the, the episodes were far too long. They felt I was gonna say, so, so long. It was a chore sitting through this show. Absolute yeah. chore. Unless it's like Sesame Street where you are deliberately engaging kids in a in a certain way with certain characters or if you have the clout to do that then do you do 30 40 minutes whatever right but zaboomafu i'm i'm i mean i actually remember this show growing up it did come on uk tv and obviously i remember the theme song i turned it off immediately as a kid and I was, if it wasn't for this podcast, I'd have turned it off as well. There was quite a few segments to it, wasn't it? So, like, it was kind of a bit here, there, and everywhere. But, like, I, I didn't really understand what was going on half the time. Because it was just, like, these two blokes running around, jumping on each other or things most of the time. And it was really weird. And Oh, they were doing the most, weren't they? Yeah. Um... They were brothers, so kind of explains why like, they were just as goofy as the next. Zabumafu as a character as well wasn't that was not that likable. Um, yeah. Um yeah I didn't find myself warming to Zabumafu. I mean I, I did find it quite interesting how they made it like a real lemur and then made him go like as a puppet. I thought that was quite an interesting thing at first. Um yeah, I mean, I I really don't know what my, what to say about this show. <laughs> I know, I know, uh, your boy liked the theme song by the looks of it. Yeah, so he was watching it, um, so I put it on um, because I watched the first two on my own, and I thought, right, let's let's put this because one thing I noticed is it's like a young kid's show, right? It's not. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not a big kid show, so I thought, right, let's put this to the test. And yeah, he he loved the theme tune at first. He was dancing to it, and then he just wandered off halfway through the theme tune, and then it didn't return. So <laughs> I think that's what I kind of wanted to do, to be honest with you. But no, I did. I didn't think the theme song was anything special. Um, well, I think I watched this straight after Jack Hanna's Animal Adventures. So, like compared with that, it was a bit more like upbeat and jazzy. So it's like, quite interesting, isn't it? Because obviously you've got like the Jack Hanna, which is aimed at older, and you got this one, which is a uh, kind of a more younger feel. Yeah, this is this is definitely like a. Um, very young kids like i'm i'm talking like um reception year one or was it kindergarten yeah grade one in america is it i don't know how how it works first grade <laughs> first grade um yeah so like <laughs> really young kids you know ones that yeah yeah at wet play you wheel in the tv and let them watch it god if they made if they made us watch this at wet play I'd rather go out and play in the rain. <laughs> Where's that? He's outside Shoot. again. He's had enough. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to watch. I don't want to be sitting down and watching this. And God, there was. I mean, the presenters. I found them to be very irritating. Yeah, I mean, maybe look. Maybe it's not aimed for me. Fair enough, right? 
it's not aimed for me. It's not whatever, right? But I just, I don't know. I found their demeanor to just be so... I, I mean, even as a kid, I would have probably found them just as irritating. Everything is, oh, Mark, where are you? I'm over here, bro. Oh, don't buy my food. Oh, and all of that. It's, I'm just like, just dial it down. I th- I do think that's the, that's the kind of Brit in us. Because I thought the same thing. I was like, I'm not the target audience for this show. So I've got to try and watch it through a kid's eyes. And But the thing is, like you said, it is way, way too much sometimes. But I think that's... Because we've done kids shows, right? Because remember Play Days? The Play Days guys were never this enthusiastic and wild. Even like, even Mr. John Lee on the roundabout, he wasn't like this too excited. Obviously, he would sing, roll up and ride on Rosie. But he wasn't like, oh, we're here. This is the magic roundabout, man. Roll up and ride. Let's go. Woo, woo, woo. And all this stuff. It was just, you know, sing a little song, have a little bop, and then go on the roundabout. Get the kids engaged. It's possible to get kids engaged without shouting at them. making yourself look like a prat. Yeah, I completely which, agree. Which uh, the Krat brothers did. Because I said, I, one of my notes was like, this feels like a, kind of like a Nickelodeon show. Yeah, it had that kind of... Definitely not Nickelodeon. It had a kind of vibe to it. And I was Public like, television, probably. Mm. Yeah, I didn't I, I didn't know. I just put that as a question for you. But um, yeah, this... I'm not sure what else we can say about this show, really. I mean, yeah, like I said, I, I don't, I don't want to dog on Canadian shows, man. I think we've got a good Canadian show coming up soon, so maybe that show will, uh, will turn it around for y'all. But I mean, this Angela Anaconda, Atomic Betty, oh, not looking good. I mean, I, I it's 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 only Are You Afraid of the Dark can only hold y'all up for so long. But uh, no, 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 no. Honestly, it's it's it is like it's it's all love. It's just some of your TV shows haven't been great so far. I mean, we, 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 I'm sure we'll end up doing some really good ones down the line. But yeah, but don't worry, Zaboomafu. At least you're not as bad as Biker Mice from Mars. Still. That's none of my business. I don't even know why I brought it up. <laughs> Every episode. That's the benchmark. I don't even now. know why I brought it up. I'm, I'm petty. I told you I'm petty. I'm going to, yeah. yeah. At least you're not as bad as Biker Mice from Mars. So uh, let's let's talk about episodes we watched. I can safely assume you watched the pilot. Uh, what was the pilot? The Nose Nose. No, I didn't watch the pilot. Oh, so I'll kick off with the pilot. Because I watched the pilot and the last episode. So... We can kind of bookend each other. So I'll start with the pilot and then you talk about the the four that you watch and then I can do the uh, the last one. Uh, okay, yeah, this one is called The Nose Nose. So this is basically all about animals have got really good sense of smell and they use their noses to eat, smell with... Whatever, whatever you think you can do with your nose, these animals can do it. So um, I don't know why they were playing with bat poop, bat guano. I wrote down they were playing with bat poop. I do not really know why they were doing that in a in a wild episode, a really wild show episode I was watching as well. 
Yeah, we will. Uh, so we'll bring. It's a thing. He's um, animal. Lover. Oh, I saw it in Jack Hanna as well, but this was dung beetles. And like your man was literally picking it up with his hand. Oh, this I'm is like, uh, this is human. <laughs> this, this is dung beetle. Oh, look at it. He's just like playing it with. with yeah. Anyway, and who could it be? Da, 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 da. Mystery animal was the elephant. So they were talking all about the elephant and how he uses his trunk or his nose to eat, to blow whatever, as an elephant does. He's got bristles on his back like a toothbrush. So the elephant that pulls up on the uh, the place, where is it called? Animal, animal Junction. What the place is called? Animal Junction, that's it. Yeah, thank you. Animal Junction, he pulls up and, yeah, they call him Toothbrush. And yeah, so elephants use their nose to explore and reach for things and use it as a straw to drink water. So the Zabu story was, I think, about an elephant and goggleberries. Like I said, I wasn't really concentrating. Um, they sing a song called Elephant Tish. And they're just talking about how wonderful elephants are. And so... Toothbrush, the plan is to get Toothbrush back into the wild and to his uh, herd of elephants. He goes walkabouts, and so they call the dog Myrtle to find Toothbrush. And obviously, because dogs have good sense of smell in keeping with the theme. And so they manage to catch up with uh, Toothbrush the elephant. And they're watching how elephants use their nose in the wild. And they talk about a quartis, which I don't even remember what kind of animal that is. Yeah, I did. I did watch this episode actually, but I um, didn't write notes for it. Okay, so they have good noses and they love turtle eggs and coconuts. A quartis. Okay, if I was to guess, I would probably say like a squirrely kind of animal. And they're omnivores, which basically means that they'll eat just about anything thrown their way. And it looks like a between a squirrel and a raccoon. Oh, squirrel and raccoon. It's got a, like a raccoon. That's tail. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now that makes sense. And yeah, they are omnivores, and that's all the notes that I had. Oh, that was probably just about as much as I could take sitting there for about half an hour of. Yeah, and you felt every single minute of it. I'm not, uh, you know, normally like some some shows feel long, some shows feel short, and you know we've we've had it's some really short ones. But since I was sitting watching something and clock watching, yeah, and this one I was like, and "Are we, we done yet?" The thing is, the, the, each segment seemed to be really long. I mean, I'm not sure yeah. it's just the content. I was um, literally sitting there, right? I thought, you know, what? I'm not going to check the time. I'm watching it. 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 I look at the clock and it's like, ah, oh, damn, five minutes. The thing is, I think the really interesting stuff of the show, which was like when they're on location and they, and you know, and you're finding out about the animals, was really short. But the stuff inside the studio when they're just goofing around was really long. Um, and it was like, I don't want to watch this. I, I'm not watching animals. Um, so the first one I watched was called Slimy Buddies, and. They were talking about like these puppies. They're like, "Oh, if a dog licks your face," they had puppies running around and thing. And they're like, and they did the whole, you know, the coming to the camera thing and the, um, all these puppies and whatever. And they're like, "If a dog licks your face, it's because he likes you." And I was like, "Yeah, don't, 
don't let a dog lick your face. It's not. It's not nice. Um, yeah, but people do that anyway. They've be, people have been letting dogs lick their faces since the dawn of time. Yeah, it's disgusting. Don't I, dogs clean themselves with their tongue? So, um, don't do that, guys. Please. Um, what do you mean? Don't, that, that, there's no point. People let dogs do anything. I mean, I I do like a dog as much as the next guy, but. That's not the best advice to tell people not to let your dogs lick you because no, right you. now someone could be listening to the podcast with their dog licking their face right now as we speak. I would my advice would be to maybe stop letting the dog lick your face and carry on listening to the podcast. After 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 thirty years, I think that <laughs> the, that that you're thinking that ship sailed, buddy. <laughs> that um, ship sailed, buddy. Right, so moving on to the um, so I put Zabo is a lemur. Now he's a puppet. Dot dot dot. <laughs> so yeah, I think he just turns. It was a bit. And then turns into a. Uh... Yeah, I mean he's just wacky and goofy and weird and and then he says um, so feeling a bit sorry for the students that so will clear up all the mess. Oh yeah, so they're basically going around a studio making all kinds of different mess in the studio. They had this like slime machine going on, and I was like. Who's the poor guy that's going to clean this up, man? Because like you just see like some unpaid intern or student there with a sweeping brush on the side, <laughs> ready to clean it all up. Um, uh, and then so the whole thing was like finding like slimy creatures that they're going like frogs and the frog spawn, and they're like, oh, but look at a snake, and the snake's not really slimy and stuff like that. Um, and then in 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 the end, they went to this place to find things that are in the wild that are slimy and and stuff and then the last thing they did and i'm sure that it was health and safety recce and whatever but they got in a swamp that i would have thought like you know when you go camping and stuff in the uk i'm sure i've mentioned this before that you ain't going to come across anything dangerous you 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 know yeah yeah you you go camping you can it's more or less going to be fine but i mean when you go camping in canada there's stuff that can kill you man (laughs) like is there I mean, they must have like bears and stuff in the in the wild, right? And... I'm guessing they do. Some of the woods I went to in Canada looked like teddy bears might have had a picnic or two. Yeah, I mean, but these these guys were just like they got in this swamp and they were just like, with, do you know like when the ones who've got the green algae that's just sitting on the top, and they just got in it. I was like, are you? Going yeah, but to... they're used to it though, aren't they? It's their country. It's their place. I was like, that's weird, man. Um, and but in fact, my last note on that episode was this is such a weird show. Um, then I went on to so so the pilot I didn't actually make notes for, so I've only got three with notes. <clears throat> this one was bears and cubs episode. So the whole thing is that they want a mummy bear is going to come with her cubs at like this time. So they set all their watches and they set alarms and and then oh the the coatis were the mystery animal of this this episode. Um, and they were climbing and stuff, and they kept. They were, I think the the Kwatis came and they're bashing up some. Um, uh, they're bashing up the watches and they're breaking bits and pieces, um, and then they make a sundial, but the sun goes in because um, they need to wait for midday. Somehow they found the grizzlies, and then this falcon comes in and bring a message saying a kitten is stuck up a tree, so they put the kitten in a basket. So it goes to these kids, and the kids putting a kitten in a basket and lower the basket. Um, and then they climb 
a mountain they're like oh so let's see who's going to be the best climber and they see like mountain lions and cougars and mountain goats and and there's a climbing fish called a mud skipper and then they, they did like this that animation bit and my last note on the episode was not a fan of animation not animation in general that's one of my favorite stop motion is one of my favorites but this is horrible um and the last one i literally only wrote three lines on this one because i think i was trying to uh, entertain the boy whilst i was watching the show um and it was about the i can't say the word capuchin monkeys or however you pronounce it do you know the monkeys search me do you know marcel from friends the monkey yeah he's yeah got a white face and he's kind of got like, um black yeah fur or whatever um that's a capuchin monkey that sort of style of monkey style i don't know Um, i don't know it basically it was an episode about how they can throw and catch and that was and and it went all different monkeys and how they and they they made a boo-boo because they said something about they called a chimpanzee they called it something else and I clocked it, but I don't know. I can't remember what they called it. I didn't write the mistake down. Um, and then I watched the pilot. You sure it was a mistake? Yeah, because they, 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 they called a chimpanzee or another monkey. Oh, I think they called another monkey a chimp or something like that. But it wasn't a chimpanzee. It was something else. How do you know? Because a chimpanzee, they're quite distinctive. And it was, I think it might, it might have been even been like a, an orangutan or something like that. Are they more screechy? Chimpanzees are the ones that, like, traditionally, like, they they do a lot. Of, they have been like tested on and stuff like that. Right. Okay. So I watched the finale, which was called Brain Power. So yeah, this was about really really clever animals. So some of the animals that they talk about includes a special a special parrot called a cockatoo. A chimpanzee comes to visit, and so they're trying to make a invisible machine that the chimp manages to figure out before all of them. Um, what else? So one thing I really didn't like. So they eat. So the chimp, the way a chimp eats a banana, he just rips it open. I saw this episode, and so he's doing it as well. I'm like, the next time you eat banana, you got to do it like this. And he's like, no, no. If he was black, I would have been like. N-word, no. Like, don't be eating no banana like that. What kind of stupidness? And then they're singing a song called I Feel Chimpish. And yeah, so basically the chimpanzee's running around. He's having a bit of banter with uh, Zabumafu and the boys. And so they talk about a barn owl and how a barn owl is very clever. Talking about a, a special needs dog, which actually this this bit I did like about the dog helping the kids go shopping. They go to India to see some clever animals. They do a, a crow test. So basically what they're doing is they're putting a, a bit of bread under the leaf and they're trying to see if the crow catches it. Making it so freaking obvious where the little bit of bread is so they're not actually doing anything in terms of challenging toothbrush the elephant comes back and they discuss how elephants are really really clever and somehow he fixes the snack machine and that is just about all the notes i have and that was just about all i could take of this show i think that says it all doesn't it 
I mean, I've got nothing to add, really. I mean, the shows are what it, um, the sh- the uh, it's what it was. It was the thing is, like I said, I really like some of the animal stuff was really interesting, but getting there was a slog, like real slog. It really was. I was looking at the watch, like, is this over? Is this over? Like I was saying before, I'm watching it, watching it, watching it, and I'm like, oh damn! I only watched five minutes. I've still got another 20 minutes for kids shows. If you're going to do a kids show, it's got to be snappy, engaging. Boom, 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 boom. I think Sesame Street was long, but at least it was moving. It was quite fast paced. It was something different all the time. This was, at you know, to keep to animal themes. This was like snail's pace. Nicely done. <laughs> I felt like I was in the hair of the tortoise race, but... The tortoise never won. No, tortoise. tortoise still ain't left the starting line yet. That's how slow this show was. And yeah, I am done. Jack Hanna's Animal Adventures. So we're going back to October 1993. I don't actually think any of the shows this week came out in September. No, they didn't. Nice. Good stuff. <laughs> China performs a nuclear test ending a worldwide de facto moratorium Benazir Bhutu becomes Prime Minister of Pakistan for the second time after nine seasons and three championships with the Chicago Bulls Michael Jordan announced his retirement from the NBA but then decided to come back in 1995 and he did another three-peat Cool Runnings was in the cinemas amazing film Absolutely amazing film. Relight My Fire by Take That and Lulu was number one in the charts. Yeah, I know this one as well. I think this is one of the things... You know, if you were to get I a white he... handbook, this would be in the white <laughs> handbook. <laughs> Someone actually did a, a Twitter thing about the whitest songs. This has got to have been on it, surely. My uh, my offering was uh, Common Eileen yeah. by the Dexy Midnight Runners. Mr. Brightside. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. And I had one more. I think Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. That's the um the boxing song. Well, it's not just a boxing song, it's it's lots of stuff song. Mostly the boxing song. Yeah, but and and mainly it's just a bunch of drunk white guys in the loudest of their voices. But I don't actually mind. I I'm not mad that this has become like a an anthem of sorts. I like Sweet Caroline. By yeah, me too. It's, 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 it's a good song. I'm just wondering if I'm going to get three out of three today. I think you might. That'll be the first time on yesterday's capers, surely. Mm, yeah, I think you might. But then again, I don't think you will. But we'll soon find out when we talk about the really wild show. So uh, Jack Hanna's Animal Adventures. So this was a nature television series hosted hosted by... Jack Anna, Jack Anna, Jack Hanna, Anna, it's not Cockney, Jack Hanna, 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 yes, as in Hanna and Barbera. And he's the director emeritus of the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium. The show was popular in part because of Hanna's mainstream name recognition as an animal expert. And also the show meets programming criteria for federally mandated educational and informational requirements which all stations must follow 
A bit of uh, admin about Jack Hanner himself. He was born in Knoxville, Tennessee in 1947. He grew up on his father's farm and volunteered for the family veterinarian Dr. Roberts when he was 11. He was unable to secure zoning as a zoo for his father's farm. So Hannah and Susie, which I'm guessing might be his wife, opened a pet shop and petting zoo. And in 1972, a three-year-old boy was mauled by a lion at Hannah's farm and lost his arm. No. Hannah settled the subsequent lawsuit out of court, shut down the petting zoo, and moved his family to Florida. So hang on, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. Right. So he had a petting zoo, right, which has goats and chickens, and he had a lion in it in a petting zoo. You don't zoo. pet chickens, though. I mean, try and catch one. I've seen Rocky. Um, <laughs> and, but I mean, what I'm saying is, like, you go pet a goat or a sheep or something, right? You don't have, like, yeah, you do. You don't have a lion you, in a petting zoo. I think you zoo. haven't seen Tiger King. A lion in a petting zoo. I mean, have you seen Tiger King, though? No, I haven't. A petting That's zoo. That's another thing you might want to put on your Netflix list. It's but, just, um, it's no, but I in... want to see. It wouldn't want a pet. It would be a lion. No, but like, I don't know whether it's an American thing or it's just a crazy zookeeper thing. But like some zoos you have like wild exotic animals so you literally have leopards and lions and tigers and they'll be inside this little cage and you'll be able to see them you'll be able to pat them you'll be able to like give a baby tiger a bottle of milk it's not the most unusual thing in the world i mean i've just googled petting zoo right and this looks like a british one there's like um there's a pig a lamb as a baby alpaca or llama, I don't know which one it is. I can't tell. There you the go. See, so, so yeah, they're, I mean, that's the UK. They're perfectly normal. But yeah, anyway, he um, worked for a wildlife adventure company and directed the small Florida Zoo and Botanical Gardens from 1973 to 1975. He became the zoo's director. And the a lot of people initially thought he was a, like a zealous zoo director and he would obviously be like one of those hands-on people like, yeah, I'm going to do this and micromanage that and and whatnot. And so he ended up moving to Columbus, Ohio, because I think he wanted his daughter to have the best medical treatment. And he wanted to, and then obviously moving to Columbus, columbus ohio he uh got in touch with the cbs affiliate in columbus wbns and so he hosted a local television program called hannah's arc and he would do live animal demonstrations on good morning america and david letterman's talk show he made the transitions from cage-like enclosures to habitat environments and the grounds were significantly expanded and as a result, the annual attendance of the Columbus Zoo increased by over 400% during this time. And he was named Director Emeritus of the Zoo and Aquarium in 1992. He published his autobiography, Monkeys on the Interstate, in 1989. And he published many books for children. Obviously, yeah, he became the host of syndicated television shows such as Jack Hanna's Animal Adventures. Jack Hanna's Into the Wild and Jack Hanna's Wild Countdown. And he occasionally contributes commentary as an animal expert on various local and national news programs. 
In 2011, he assisted Ohio police in tracking down several escaped exotic animals near Zanesville, Ohio. And he provided police assistance with expertise in tracking down the animals, which included lions, leopards, wolves, primates, bears, and 18 tigers, which probably all ended up in Carol Baskin's or the Tiger King's zoo. Man, that program is crazy. Woo! You got to get on Tiger King. Is it worth a watch? If it is, I'll put it on my list. It's crazy. It is crazy. That's all I'm going to say about Tiger King. That program is crazy. And in June 2020, Hannah announced his retirement from the Columbus Zoo, effective at the end of the year. So let's talk about this show. What did you think? A couple of things um, maybe we'll discuss in a bit more detail. But um, uh, one of my first things was like, is this a kid show? Because it was very... The content was like very in depth and like very thorough. I really enjoyed like the, the older ver- kids. I would say, yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed the the, the I, I enjoyed the way it was presented. I enjoyed the like because unlike Zabumafu, this show had like a very short interlude in the studio bit, right? And the rest of it was like here's some proper wild animals or here's a zoo enclosure. This is how they get looked after. This is what they eat. This is what they do. Um, I mean, it, some of the bits that made me laugh because it's like, oh, we've, we've like emulated this natural habitat complete with like fences and viewing platforms. Um, So it's like, it's a bit funny, but um, yeah, I mean, it was really a much better show than, to boomer food, but I mean, I was. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, wait a minute. You're meant to do that bit at the end. No, I mean, okay, I'll go back. So even though it is, even I though would, it is the theme tune, fairly obvious. The theme tune was like kind of um, really, it was really kind of slow. It was like kind of like very like wildy. I don't really even know if that's a thing, but like that's what I got the impression. But there wasn't much kind of like pizzazz about the whole thing i don't even know what the word is but it was very kind of simple like but does it need that though no that's what i'm saying it it didn't need it um but it it wasn't that which is kind of like you would have thought it would have had more for a kid show Hmm. um i think this was for certain type of kids i think it did have an educational feel to it which you know, TV networks and stuff like that will always choose and will always kind of take it on board because obviously if they have a certain quota to fill in terms of having educational programs, picking up a program like this will be uh, an easy get. It would be straightforward to just kind of put that on and, and be like, right, this is educational. Have at it. I did like the pacing of this show. I thought it was a lot better paced. It was very moving all the time very engaging very interesting to watch i i i liked the segments i I learned quite a bit about certain animals and yeah i mean um do you want to talk about episodes we watched again i only watched two yeah yeah i've watched two and some bloopers because um where, where there's animals there's bloopers and like i can't i can't get enough of those so um one of the things i noticed was like 
it's like could it, could it, it's it's very tricky, isn't it? Because obviously, Seattle Seattle Zoo, right? And it was this one was. Hang on, no, I've I've gone forward a bit. So this is this show sponsored by SeaWorld, and in association with Columbia Zoo or something like that. Um, and Columbus was, Zoo, where he is the director emeritus, or whatever yeah. that means. Um, it means because I did look it up. It means a director emeritus is a former member of a company's board of directors who has completed his service as a director but continues to be associated with the business as an advisor. Um. Or something like kind that. Kind of sounds like Hanron Barbera. Yeah. Because if you remember, I think they sold is he, whatever their thing, but they just kind of stayed on. Is he a relative? Probably not. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, obviously you've got the debate, right? Like, Because SeaWorld, especially in the documentary Blackfish, is kind of demonized. Um, keeping animals and, and like, you know, orcas and stuff like that in tanks that they shouldn't be kept in um and being cruel to animals in general but on the flip side of that they do an awful lot of animal conservation work right and without the park they wouldn't necessarily be able to do that conservation work and also like the zoos these animals are kept in enclosures which is obviously like they can say they're habitual um not habitual because that's you know the word that they're 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 in a habitat yeah. enclosure, and also, did you watch this one then about the uh, habitat recreation? Mm, I watched the first one. I watched. I had bears and how they don't like getting their ears wet. Uh, is it sun bears? Yeah, it, it was this episode. So they'll talk. Yeah. So yeah. So the episode was called Wild at Wildland Park Zoo. And so this was basically creating conditions for animals to live like as if they're in the wild. And it's basically a, a place where animals and humans can be in the same place safely. I think the, they talk about the Northern Trail. And again, this is basically like a place where animals call home. Talking about gorillas and they're learning how to observe and... They're talking about how their natural habitat gets destroyed. And so places like the Woodland Park Zoo is important because it kind of creates a, a place where they can feel like home. Apparently, sun bears are the most endangered and highly intelligent of the uh, the creatures. And so what they do is they squirt honey onto the tree. And so they're just like making sure that they can get their uh, get their uh, fix of honey. And they're talking about the obese orangutan who apparently was painting. Oh, no, no, there was a painting the, elephant as yeah, well. Yeah, the elephant there? was painting, yeah. So the, 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 the orangutan was, they, tr they they conveniently didn't show this bit, but they tranquilized the um, orangutan and to check if they had any me medical problems, like if it had arthritis or this or that or the other, because it kind of stopped moving, but turns out it's just a bit overweight and they had to put it on a diet. A bit overweight? He, was, he weighed a whopping 182 pounds. <laughs> I'll slow down a bit, but to be honest. Buck 82 that's a big ass orangutan. Was the was the elephant painting an elephant in that episode as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not quite bit... sure what he was painting exactly, but no, it was a bit daft. But I mean, it's 
always quite awesome to see an elephant playing. I mean, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near an elephant like that. Um, I think elephants won't do nothing, will they? I've seen so many videos of people getting smacked around the face with. Um, yeah, but did you? Yeah, see but that they're ele- probably provoking the elephant. Did you see the ele- the elephant um, Rolo advert? Oh, classic! So where like the that is ki- such a classic. <laughs> the little kid teases the elephant with a Rolo when he's a, a little baby elephant in the circus, right? And he's like, <laughs> and he's like teasing it, and he goes na 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 na, and then like what was it forty years later because of the whole thing? Yeah. Don't forget, yeah, he, he's the same guy in the crowd, and he wallops him, <laughs> and he takes the Rolos. <laughs> Good, my yeah. man. Yeah, um, go get you some Rolo <laughs> elephant. That is that is that is classic, absolute classic. Um, yeah, I think Ele- it's your go. Elephant paints him. Um, so the next episode I watched was about spiders. Um, and now I am not a fan. Just going to put it out there. Um, and they travel to somewhere in. Actually, I'm not sure where it is. I think it might be in the. In the, in the Caribbean, and they find this guy, and he's called Rambo. He's called, I did see his name somewhere. His name was Percy Gordon, but they call him Rambo um, because he's so familiar with the jungle and everything like that. Um, and they, they they just kind of go up the, I think it's called Monkey Monkey River Island or something like that. And they they, they go and find like creepy crawlies and they, they, they see a crocodile just chilling in the thing. And then they go into the jungle at night. And the first thing I wrote was like, allow that. I'm not going into the jungle at night time. I would definitely get killed in there. Um, and then, so that they found a tarantula, um, which are protected. I didn't realize that. I mean, um, they found a tarantula in the wild and, and they were letting... Protected by... By the government of this particular country, as in like the you're not allowed because they they get exported into like Mexico and kept as pets in America and stuff like that. So you're not allowed to just take them and, and drop them off in the wild. Oh, sorry, at people's houses kind of thing. Um, but these, this spider, they, they put it on his, on his arm and they were just kind of letting it crawl around. Um, I really didn't write enough notes for this episode, but yeah, I just literally let it crawl on his thing and he was cool with it. I was like, nah, I would, be freaking out right well, he's been down of animals since when he was born so i don't think he minds having some tarantula crawl up on his body but and... you, this the fangs on this the, 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 the rambo geezer got his knife like his machete or whatever it was and and pulled out the fangs of the spider and they were about probably the size of the end of my finger the sight, like the the fangs on this bloody thing. I was like, definitely not. Guess he's teeth on you. Then it's over. It's poison as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think apparently it's like a bee sting. It's not like uh, it's not that any more venomous than a bee sting for us. Oh. But it does liquefy the insides of our. But mouse. enough bee stings can uh... can definitely kill you. Yeah, just like in my girl. Yep. They were. Were they? Were they bees? Or they um hornets, yeah, it might have been because I think he kicks a hornet nest, doesn't he? He try yeah, and he tries to they they knock it down, they run off, and then they go and find um they he tries to go and find her ring, right, and then then he gets yeah. stung, stung to death. 
Very, very sad. Is that you or? Um, so I watched the bloopers, and now this is these bloopers are great, man. Like I don't know if it, like the, the you've been framed kind of thing. I'm not sure if that started the whole thing, but just things going badly wrong on TV is like quite funny. Obviously, nothing, nothing horrible happens. No one gets eaten, but. You know, animals being a pest, like he's getting battered around by this little baby elephant that just wants to play with him. Um, Could you imagine, like, doing these kind of shows? Like, how long it takes, or how many takes you have to do? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. why do you think David Attenborough only does Planet Earth, like, once every 20 years? And from a nice sound booth. Because <laughs> by the time you get the footage you need... Like, can you imagine? Do you remember in Planet Earth when they did the... Um, the, the, all those snakes and that little creature running away from the snakes. Oh yeah, yeah, dashing across the and the hand. and the way how he got away. Can you imagine like how long it took to do that? I wonder how many died oh, before they got one that got oh away. Oh my god, have you seen the BBC thing? They did a live thing, right? And some lady like she was doing a, a piece to camera. There was like um these um things in the sea, like some like octopus shrimpy looking animals and she's going oh as you can see these animals are very very endangered and it's very important that we protect them and so on and so forth and then behind them some bird just sweeps up takes the little thing <laughs> and then he's walking by like oh like behind like the walk of shame <laughs> it was I, I wouldn't say brilliant but it was like it was Oh, like this is live TV, baby. Animals will do what they want to do. And he <laughs> saw that thing and was like, I'm about to go bag that. Man. See, this is why this is why I had to watch as soon as I saw bloopers on the uh, on the YouTube list, I was like, Yep, I'm definitely watching it. I'd recommend it. It's always funny. I resisted the urge for some reason. I, I saw it. I saw bloopers, but I thought, uh no. I couldn't help it. <laughs> I was straight I was straight on there. Um but yeah, so I watched one about spiders, one about uh, bears and bears are huge man and the one thing I saw that was that he they were standing on this enclosure with the bears just so I just mm. go back to the episode That's and, all right. and they're feeding the bears and did you see the bit where he threw the food at the bear and it just hit the bear in the face <laughs> he, said, he said oh the... I think I saw that yeah but he's just chucking it and it's just like oh fish I mean they're just chucking fish yeah that's right and yeah. he's just like <laughs> bounces off his head um, I'm I, thinking if I'm that bear, I'm like, I wish you would throw that at my head. <laughs> so like, I don't bear claw your behind. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, they're the episodes I watched anyway. Um, so I ended up watching Jack Hanna's Into the Wild. So this was about them going to South Africa and more specifically Zululand. So they're going to uh, a game reserve in uh, Zululand. This is basically a, a place where rare animals can roam safely. So it's basically Jack Hanna, his daughter, and some... What, 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 are, what are they called, people who look after? Conservationists? What are they Park called? Park ranger. Yeah. yeah. So you basically had this... Uh, blonde girl who's like this South African park ranger with her thick Afrikaans accent and she's just basically showing them around and yeah so they're talking about yeah this is where they're talking about the dung beetle 
And so he's like, oh, I really, really love dung beetles. I really love... And they're like, this literally picking up the dung. And he's smelling it going, oh, it's very warm. It's very fresh. This must have been recent. And so they end up having a dung beetle race. So they're basically like getting a ball with the dung beetle and they just roll it and they're thinking whoever gets it wins. One fun fact about dung beetles is basically what they do. So obviously they see a big bowl of of poop and they just roll that up into a ball and take that. So for example, if one dung beetle's already got a, a ball of poop and he's going, there, there could be a chance that a dung beetle steals that. So basically he's just going, yoink, I'm just going to steal this one. I'm not going to be bothered to go to the pile of pile of poop. I'm just going to go and um, do that. So they talk about the white rhino. So they managed to see a couple of white rhinos in the wild. It's the most endangered. Apparently it's 65000 for the horn. That's how much it costs. And they are talking about baby Nyalas. And apparently th- she named it Balega, which I'm guessing means run in Afrikaans or any of the other dialects in South Africa. They see a cheetah in the flesh and they're all thinking, oh, my God, what if this cheetah just gets up and pulls up on you? And you know how quick cheetahs are. And apparently the cheetah made like a fresh kill. But he, he kills like a, a gazelle or whatever. And he's just and the, the cheat is just chilling. And so they just get out and they're looking, thinking, oh, you know, look at this cheater and, and, and what have you. And so they go to a uh, Zulu village. The Zulus are the largest ethnic group in South Africa. They sing this welcoming song for Jack Hanna and his daughter. And they basically see a fortune teller and basically the fortune teller fix whatever ails you have. And so they're saying, oh, you're going to you're going to be a good man and you're going to have a good life. And so they're asking him, do you want another wife? And then obviously he's like, no, no, I (laughs) have one. One is enough. Cut the camera. And the daughter's going, you better say no. Man, if you don't say no. So that was uh, that was a really really engaging fun episode. Um, oh yeah, so the so the the baby Niala basically her mum was eaten by a cheetah, and the uh, the park ranger found this Niala and she rescued it, put her in this like enclosed place until she's old enough to go to the wild. And she's playing with the dog that's there. And it was all very, very nice and very, very cute. And yeah, that's that's my lot for um, Jack Hanna's Animal Adventures and Into the Wild. And I guess we have to pick, even though it's very straightforward for both of us. Yeah, I mean, I feel a bit sorry for... Um, uh... Supreme of food. I mean, look, let's be honest, it's a completely different target audience. Um, and we are not it. So it was up against it to begin with. Um uh so obviously uh, no surprises I'm going for uh Hannah and Barbera. 
Jack Hanna's Animal Adventures. Wrong, 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 wrong episode. But um, yeah, I'm also going to go with uh, Jack Hanna and all of his incarnations. Simply because they were a lot easier to watch than Zabumafu. I don't feel sorry for Zabumafu one bit. It's one of those uh, programs that were really, really bad. And yeah, I, I couldn't really get into it. I couldn't. I couldn't vibe with it, and yeah, so you tried, guys, but uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as good as uh, Jack Hanna. So uh, sorry about that. Now we come on to the main event, and uh, we've got a cracking main event for you: the really wild show. So we're going back to. January 1986 and some of the things happening in the world the first federal holiday honoring Martin Luther King Jr. took place on the 20th of January that year Aruba gains increased autonomy from the Netherlands by separating from the Netherlands Antilles the first PC virus called Brain begins to spread down and out in Beverly Hills was in the cinemas and let's see if you know this one West End Girls by the Pet Shop Boys was number one in the charts I know the Pet Shop Boys but I don't know if I know the song it's their biggest song dude we were going so well in some ways we're back to normal but again in some ways it's ridiculous that you don't know their biggest song Anyway, so we're talking about the really wild show. So this was a British television show about wildlife broadcast by the BBC as part of their CBBC service to children. And it also ran on Animal Planet in the USA. The theme tune, which was an absolute bop, was extracts taken from the start and the end of the track L-O-V-E by Tony Sherman. It was a, initially it was a mainly studio-based program which allowed children in the audience to be involved with animals and then it later evolved into the really wild roadshow. So it was an innovative style which included mixing, live studio film, graphics, animation to create an entertaining package of information. And initially what they the reason why they kind of took it away from the studio and kind of took it on the road and to all these countries was because they were experiencing a lot of problems with the animals. Obviously, if you're trying to do a studio show and you're trying to get animals to do stuff, then animals are necessarily not going to acquiesce and, and listen to your every demands. As the presenters of Blue Peter back in the 60s found out. Surely you know about this. Was that the lion? No, the elephant basically doing a poop and one of the presenters slips on the poop and wee of the elephant. Oh, no. I thought it was... Classic British television bloopers there. I'm going to look it up. One for the Christmas bloopers. You know, you get the DVD at Christmas. Christmas, you know, the football bloopers. We, I'm sure you get one for... Uh... We do that at work, bloopers, every year. <laughs> it won three BAFTA TV awards, 
1987, 88, and 1990 for Best Children's Program Factual and Best Children's Program Documentary and Educational. The presenters. So I'm going to try and do this as much as so we can get the in and out from 1986 to 2006. So the first three presenters of the Really Wild Show were Nicola Davis, Terry Nutkins, and Chris Packham. Sue Dawson replaced Nicola Davis in 1990. Howie Watkins and Michaela Strachan came to replace Sue Dawson and Terry Nutkins. In 1996, Janice Aqua and Nick Baker came in. In 1997, Chris Lambert came in as co-host. And at the end, it was Michaela Strachan, Els Hewitt, and Steve Backshall. And they were the presenters. And, of course, we can't really talk about The Really Wild Show without talking about this person. I turned on the telly. Yes, Michaela Strachan. You can hear the song Michaela Strachan by The Scouting for Girls. That was like that's the first thing that came to my head as soon as uh You know what by all you know what by my money I think it's their best song. Yeah, I mean they had quite a few good funny songs. They didn't take, them, take themselves too seriously, which I quite liked. I think the uh, the premise of Scouting for Girls was basically them being really, really unlucky in love. So they'll have songs like It's Not About You, It's Me and just basically about how, yeah, they were a bit rubbish at love. And yeah, one of the songs was about Michaela Strachan. They used to turn on their telly when they got home from school. And there, there was Michaela in a yellow cagoule. <laughs> and put the meaning in Whack-A-Day, which I found out came from a TV show that Michaela Strachan used to host in the 80s. But yeah, back to Michaela. She was born in Epsom in 1966. Uh, she was a presenter on Saturday morning television in the 80s, involved in programs such as Good Morning Britain and the Wide Awake Club, which is where Whack-A-Day came from. She hosted Boogie Box on music channel Music Box. From 1988 to 1992, she starred as her in the nightclub set music show The Hitman and Her, alongside Pete Waterman. And... Yeah, she joined the Really Wild Show in 1993. She also had a brief music career as Michaela. And she had two UK hit singles. One of them was H-A-P-P-Y Radio, as you can hear in the background, which was in the charts. It went in at number 62 in 1989. And she released Take Good Care of My Heart, which I thought was very cute and catchy. But people didn't agree because it was number 66 in the charts in 1990. <laughs> wow. And yeah, I mean, it was a good job she landed into the really wild show because music and that career path wasn't one that was uh, very opening towards her. I actually them. think I sent you one of the links of her songs. I don't suppose you actually listened to it, did you? I don't remember you sending me the song, to be honest. I'm going to call your bluff. I'm sure I sent you Take Good Care of My Heart. 
Um, should we go into episodes? <laughs> <laughs> well, like the rest of the UK, you didn't listen to this song and you didn't pay attention to it. Uh, just a little bit more about Michaela. She was a regular reporter for BBC One's Country File for many years until the programme underwent a primetime Sunday evening revamp. She entered the World Gurning Competition at Egremont Crab Fair. And to her surprise, she won. She became the World Gurning Champion. Uh, I think it's when you're pulling faces. So when you like pull weird faces, apparently she may have been known for pulling faces. That's a weird thing to be. I don't know why she entered the World Gurning Competition at the Egremont Crab Fair. And she co-presented two series of Orangutan Diary with Steve Leonard. And it followed the daily routines at reserve for orphan orangutans in Borneo and the work of Lone Drosha Nielsen and her team in rescuing and rehabilitating the orangutans. She presented the BBC television's Autumn Watch in late 2011. And she replaced Kate Humble on Spring Watch. And... Yeah, she she actually now lives in Cape Town, South Africa, with her husband and son. She's allergic to elephants. Why can you be allergic to elephants? You can easily be allergic to elephants. But not like a cat, like it's got fur. Elephants got bristles, haven't they? Have they? Yeah, why do you think they called that elephant toothbrush in Zabumafu? Uh, to be honest, that show, I, I wouldn't even know. <laughs> And uh, in 2014, she revealed that she had a double mastectomy and reconstructive surgery following a diagnosis of breast cancer. Really hope she's come out of that the other side. And Michaela Strachan is probably one person I would love to interview. So, uh, Michaela Strachan, if you can interview and talk with me, that would be the most amazing thing in the world, along with Sally Gray as well. I'm one of these days. I'm actually going to give it a go. See what happens. Fortune favors the bold, my friend. The brave, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I said. Fortune. You said bold. Uh, bold, brave. You said fortune favors the bold. But uh, yeah, as the expression goes, shooters shoot. So I'm going to shoot my shot. And uh, she lives in South Africa, so the time difference shouldn't be a problem because I believe we have the same times in South Africa. Yeah. Right, the really wild show. Let's talk about it. Right, so first of all, um, I watched. I think I watched a quite an early episode. It might have even been the, one of the first ones. And yeah, I watched um, one from the eighties, one mm. from the nineties, and one from two thousands. Oh, I think I watched one from the maybe two thousands and one uh, early one. Um, and it had like uh, the the VO was rubbish. It was such a BBC like an old, you know, like an old BBC show. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, such yeah, a, yeah. And they had like this school there. All the kids were like they looked really bored in the audience. And did they um, look bored? Yeah, they definitely did. Um, and, and it was kind of a bit like they some... got they got to like pet the animals and stuff like that. They didn't have any animals in the studio when the one I watched. I don't think they had some weird game show thing at the end. Um, but so this one had like, uh, they went straight to a zoo and they were talking about this like lynx habitat after the, the intro in the studio, then they threw straight out. Um, and then they were like, Oh, look at this new 
links, habitat. We've built everything from. Um, we've made we've made everything ourselves or whatever, but it's supposed to be the same. Um, then they went to this castle. <clears throat> um, sorry, the castle was the beginning bit, and they were talking. They said, "Oh, we're going to come back later and do something spooky." And then they went to Africa, where they sent all these kids to, to to uh, where did they send them? Um, I can't remember. There's a country in Africa that they sent these kids to, and uh, their thing, and it was like blatantly sponsored by uh, Kellogg's Cornflakes because every shot had the Kellogg's Cornflake box facing exactly the right way to the camera, even though there was only one on the table and there was um, like five different kids facing all different directions. And so they, the idea was the kids go to Africa to learn to, to track. So they had to do some like theory. They sent kids to Africa. Yeah. There's, and See, again, this is another show that had a ridiculous budget. But there must have been about 10, 15 of these kids that went. Man, you got to send kids to Africa. I can't remember what country it was, though. I really can't remember what country. It was, um, I think it might have been the Congo, but I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, they're, they're tracking these animals and they were like, oh, yeah, let's go track a lion. And the tracker was like, nah, that's not going to happen. Maybe if you're lucky, you'll see a giraffe. And then, <laughs> and then they came across this ostrich and the guy was like, the, the, the kids were like, oh, look, it's an ostrich. And he was like, uh, seriously, can you stop? We need to back off this ostrich because if that starts coming at us we're we're finished and i think that they said they said a stat like um uh an ostrich ostriches um can kick you to death which ostrich uh, an ostrich yeah like a giant bird uh, can kick you to death so they actually backed off that and but then they they ended up tracking this this um elephant elephant was it called a giraffe uh then they went to the this little game show segment, which I've kind of switched off about. And these kids, why did were, you switch off? The kid, I didn't switch off physically, but I mean, like, it's just mentally. But the kids were running around, <laughs> like, in this little. Do you know, like, it was exactly like, and I'm talking like when me and you were at school, sports day with the bean bags and like the the vest. Do you know the little bibs you had to wear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like kind of a sports day version of that, but they wear these life jackets because they were in a paddling pool and a full tilt life. Like, I think they're called buoyancy aids, really, because they don't have a like whistle or whatever the definition of a life jacket is. But they're proper life jackets for going in a paddling pool. I was like, that's like health and safety right there. Um, but obviously, if this was done in the eighties or nineties, then. Health and safety wasn't really much of a thing, was it? Well, they still had life jackets on for a paddling pool. Uh, but then they went, then that finished and someone won a prize and they went to this, uh, the, the place at the beginning, which was a castle and they had like a, this guy was searching for bats and the kids were around again, searching for bats. And this is, sorry, bang on mic. And this is where they were talking about, um, uh, when I was talking about where he was like holding the bat droppings in his hand he's like do you know how you know it's bat droppings he's like look because it's crumbly and he was kind of squeezing it in his hands and he's like oh and look and he's like holding it up to this little girl's face and he's like look it smells as well <laughs> and they were like um they were finding like remnants of things that got eaten by bats um and then they went to this bat expert who talked about echolocation which is um how bats fly around um quite a cool first episode that I watched. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know where it lied within the grand scheme of things, but um, yeah, I think if you watched an earlier episode, I think I should probably talk about earlier episodes too. 
I believe I watched an episode from 1988 till 1989. So I think what they did is they had a Harris hawk. So they were basically wondering which animal has the strongest claw. So you had Chris Packham calling out for a hawk. And so basically the the hawk just comes along. He's going, come here, come here. And the hawk just basically flies up to his shoulder, showing about how the claws can kill. It's got um, talons, keratin, I think it is, or something like that. Yeah. And it's got the cutting edge that can kill. They're talking about how animals can have certain faces. And so talking about how police dog, when he gets really angry and he pulls a face. So you had, I think, Terry Nutkins is like going, Oh, oh, and so you have the police dog going, oh, 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 going absolutely crazy, and they're showing like primates who have funny faces, and there was a little thing that they do where they're talking about how animals get scared and how they release chemicals called adrenaline, and so they do a little thing called Indiana Packham instead of Indiana Jones, Chris Packham. And the tomb of fear. And so they're basically going to where animals are. And then they what they do is they get kids to hold a sea cucumber. So it's kind of like a weird shape and it's got like a weird texture and so on. And what they did is uh, there was a little boy who wrote in saying, oh, I want to swim with dolphins. And so they're like, you know what? Say nothing, little boy. We're going to take you to Dingle Bay in Ireland where dolphins are. So they're basically taking this little boy on a trip to Ireland for free, I'm guessing. And he gets to go swim with dolphins. And so he manages to swim with a bottleneck dolphin. And yeah, like I said, they, they, they go to Ireland. They swim with dolphins. And I'm thinking, damn. You need to start writing to the BBC. He didn't shot your shot. Like he shot his shot. He wrote going, I want to swim with dolphins. And they were like, you know what? Say nothing, little boy. We'll take you to Ireland. This is again pre-Top Gear, isn't it? For the budget. The money left over. I don't think Top Gear just came in and stole the budget, did they? Have you seen the show? Have you seen what they did on those shows? They were literally like raking it in, weren't they? Yeah, but was, I think Top Gear was a draw though, wasn't it? For the BBC. A draw. As in like it was made made the money, it kind of got them ratings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they garnered worldwide audiences and yeah, I think draw is an American term for like being popular. Like uh, sports star. He's a draw. I like a draw, like you Yeah, you draw, draw in. Draw in. Yeah. He's a he's he's a real draw, Billy. I thought you meant like a one all. No. No, no, but yeah, like, I think Top Gear was a draw. So I think in the end they could have they could justify their uh, outlandish stuff. But like this, like again, like sending a boy to Ireland, like this would never happen for many reasons. But it would never happen. Like you would never be able to write to a TV show and be like, "Yeah, take me here, and we'll do this." Like that's that's unheard of. Did you say about a boy wrestling with the Lynx? 
No, I was looking at a Lynx episode. My my oh. my next episode is series fifteen. Series fifteen, episode ten. So quite late. So if the show came out in nineteen eighty six, series fifteen must be two thousand one. So shall I talk about the one I watched in the nineties? Yeah. Cause I did uh, this was uh my first Michaela Strachan episode with Michaela Strachan. And you know what, right? Obviously Michaela Strachan is a massive iconic BBC personality. I'm guessing most red-blooded men and boys in the 90s and 2000s and whatever fancied Michaela Strachan, right? So I thought to myself, let me watch these episodes with Michaela in it and let me see if 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 the hype, even when I was growing up, even it was justified. And I'll tell you what, it was. I thought she was brilliant in the role. Knew her stuff. Loved the animals. Obviously goes out saying good looking and easy on the eye and whatnot. That goes without saying, but like the, the the important stuff. That's not important, but the important stuff. She was very, very good, like very engaging. Again, it wasn't one of those where she would be doing the most to get attention, right? This is these are the animals. I'm in this place. I'm talking to this bloke. What do you do? I'm a park ranger and I look after porcupines. Great, let's go see some porcupines. And did you tell us about porcupines? They'll do a voiceover, piece of camera. Like very snappy packages. Very, very good. Very informative. Very engaging. I thought, yeah, I thought she was brilliant. And there was a reason why she stayed. Once she got on in 1993, she stayed until the end. I think her involvement kind of dwindled a little bit but she would still be there and she'd still be doing the important segments and 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 vts and packages and what have you and she would she would do them all very very well and um the episode i watched they were literally just this was by the time this was when they started sort of um doing they left the studio basically they were like you know what sod the studio we're gonna we're going to literally go out there. So this episode was from Italy. So they were talking about how there are uh, baby dragons that live in northern Italy. So this was like a, a myth that people had in Italy back in the day where they were saying that in the river of hell that dragons were there. And so they went down the cold caves and I think they're called Olms, or I think Italians call it Proteus. They don't have eyes, but they're still potent. They can, like, sense themselves. They kind of know what they're doing, where they're going. Again, they um, go into another sort of hole or cave, and they bump into some porcupines. Apparently, porcupines are very soft basically pussycat creatures but when when they feel that they're in danger they shoot spikes at you well they don't they're apparently back into you because uh. obviously they're back into you with the spikes and whatnot but they do give warning so what they do is that they stomp their feet they rattle and then they just charge backwards and that's how they attack no they they did say that they're not really sure why they um why they're in Italy in particular. 
didn't yeah they didn't know why they were talking about how Italy in a in a nature reserve they were breeding otters because they may have been endangered of some sort and so they're talking about again segments with prickly animals so they're talking about the lionfish hedgehogs sea urchins thorny devils and they were talking about sensitive plants so they can move when they're in danger and what and like they were talking about how a venus flytrap can basically eat flies so it would just be sitting there dormant fly will come inside boom the venus flytrap will trap it and basically eat the flies and they go to a man's house man's called enzo and he has his private sanctuary with lots of different animals and they're showing a boy wrestling with a lynx because the lynx lives in the the sanctuary apparently he was like ever since i was a little boy i i've loved having animals i've loved um looking after them and and whatnot again this was really really good fun hmm. i've got notes about a star trek parody on the really wild show yeah so they're having a little thing about ears and they're talking about how certain animals can use their ears to communicate so the indian black cricket uses sound to communicate but their ears are hidden talking about how certain fish have certain ears that they can sense sound and vibration the bengal eagle owl has one ear over the other and it's good for hunting in low light levels and small foxes have external ears that they use to keep cool again it, it looks like this is all from italy so it might have been the the same episode yeah but yeah it was very very fast paced very they kept it moving really really well very again very engaging and yeah there was a reason why michaela stayed on from when she jumped on in night three to the end so uh, do you want to talk about the one you watched from the 2000s? Yeah, so this one was set in South, Af- South Africa. I think I might watch this one too. Uh, the first bit was about animal poison. Did you watch that yep. bit? Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yep, so yep, this yep. was like... We can I talk found, about this one together then. This episode was fascinating, I thought. So, yeah, like, big time. So they had like... The first thing was like how um, in like a nature preserve, yeah, all, all the animals are protected, but outside of that, there's no... There's no protection, right? So anything goes out, it's kind of fair game. But what was happening is that people, when people, when animals were going out, they were destroying livestock and crops and, and things like this. So they were poisoning them. Um, and this guy had set up a kind of sanctuary where he would go take animals in that had been poisoned and nurse them back to health. Yeah, and he's yeah. talking about how some people poison on purpose. They poison vultures. Well, no, isn't it? Because um, for exa- it's like a chain of reaction. So for example... Someone eats the poisonous flowers and then they get poisoned. Then someone else tries to eat that and they get poisoned. And then obviously vultures and hyenas, they just, yeah. it's what they, they do, they're those. vultures. So they eat those. And then as a result, they get poisoned. It's funny because like, you know, like in Yogi Bear, how he always wants to leave the reserve and just yeah. go out. And then but it's you know, reasons. sometimes it's best to stay in the reserve. Yeah. Instead of trying to find a pig and egg basket outside <laughs> of the nature reserve. Hey. 
<laughs> nice. Um, they were talking about this some weird thing though, where people were killing vultures on purpose because it's like a witchcraft thing. It's like if you go, oh kill, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can kill a if you go and kill a vulture, then this thing will happen, or you'll get this or that or the other. Um, yeah, which was a bit weird. Um, oh right, I think I wrote the chain reaction. So, for example, I think it's um. So they they put the uh, the poison in. So what happens is like um ferrets and whatever will eat that then they get poisoned and then vultures hippos and whatnot and all the 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 animals that just basically eat all the dirty stuff will come and clean up because like you know that's what they say about vultures they're like nature's yeah nature's hoover or nature's yeah nature's dustbins that's it because they just eat the trash and yeah and without them it'll be disgusting and horrible yeah disease would spread and they're talking about a hippo called Tinkerbell. Yeah. Um, apparently hippos are the most dangerous mammals, or one of yeah. the most. So they said, apparently, hippos have killed more people than any mammal on Earth, right? Which I thought is rubbish, because humans are mammals, and we've killed loads of people as collect- as a species I'm talking about. Not personally. I haven't killed anybody. Um, yeah, so Tinkerbell. Yeah, and I, I just wrote, they kill. Because yeah. um, I knew that they were dangerous because obviously they can charge, and apparently they—I think they bite. Hippos can charge. Yeah, and their, their bite can bite you, bite a human in half or something ridiculous. Like yeah, that. I can believe that they could kill you in point blank, but yeah, well, they can charge as well, like a rhino as well, I guess. So after the hippo bit, they went on to this. Um... Now, forgive me because I don't know the. Obviously, I don't know the person's name because I don't know any characters in anything. But the lady, she played a golf wildlife game and i believe this was ellis yeah ellis hewitt um so she kind of played golf and like she hit the ball into a crocodile thing and um and every time explaining like little bits about the animals and stuff like that i really like that i was i was indifferent one thing i did like was the next bit though where it's a bit kind of sciencey Oh, is this one where she's going up without oxygen? Yeah, so she, they put her in this chamber, which basically kind of emulates the amount of oxygen and pressure. Is it pressure as well? Or is it just... No, it can't be pressurized. Maybe it's oxygen. Anyway. It's just, no, it's just flying really high. Yeah, so it like and makes the oxygen it... oxygen cuts off. Yeah, so it's like, it kind of takes out the oxygen and it's like... And she t- tries to do this like puzzle whilst doing a... Singing a nursery rhyme and she like lasts a couple of minutes and then she kind of like nearly blacks out. Um, and then... She literally just her brain starts functioning and i think the whole point was that yeah. birds can fly really high and they don't need as much oxygen to survive but if a human was up there they would be dead within minutes yeah yeah and they basically go hang out with a family that loves animals was this the mud fight bit yeah yeah so we're having like mud baths mud fights they're looking at baboon spiders Oh my god! Did you see the size of that spider in the fine. Rock? Yeah, I was like, Ooh, it literally wait. had like her eyes the size of mine and yours, just looking at us. Listen, yeah, what's <laughs> up? <laughs> I would have moved straight up. I would have moved. Yeah, I mean, like I said, with this episode, there was um, it felt like there was less Michaela and more the others because obviously she's the star of the show, right? This is basically Michaela Strachan and the Really Wild Show and everybody else, right? No disrespect to Nick Baker and Els and 
Chris and Janice and Howie and Sue and Chris and Terry and Nicola and all the presenters of the really wild show. But let's 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 keep it a hundred, right? Let's keep it a hundred. This was all about Michaela. Everything about this show was all about her. And so it should be because she was the star of the show, she was the face of the show, and and uh yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> No, agree. Um, that was very near the end of the episode. They did, then they kind of did this crab bit at the end, and like where, where do you think a crab's lungs are? Where do you think it goes to the bathroom from? Where do you think it breathes from? Um, some things I didn't know about crabs. Um, but yeah, that was kind oh, of... they were like doing like um, vox pops, weren't they? With yes, people, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, uh, talking to them about crabs and what they think crabs can do and can't do. And the thing I found, the thing I found most interesting about this part was the people's clothes and hairstyles. I mean, I was like, hideous. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's like hideous. You kind of always early, was on... it early two thousands nineties. It wasn't a yeah. It wasn't a particularly uh, memorable time in fashion. No, I mean, multicolored clothes and weird hair that's what i kind of got from it yeah 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 any last thoughts about really wild show um oh yeah one it took me quite a while to realize and i kind of remember this from from when it was on tv do you know it has like uh rws in a little logo that's kind of cool and like you know yeah it took me ages to realize it wasn't aws and I was like, what does AWS stand for? And it took me ages to realize that it was a R, not a A. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, real, really wild show is kind of iconic for Absolutely. multiple generations. Like maybe, well, maybe one huge generation. But um, what is it, 25 years in a generation? So maybe... 20 odd years they were on TV. So it kind of spanned the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. So it's like an entire generation of people. Been on TV that for three it. decades. So. Yeah. Um which is incredible. And the show was good. It was informative. Like it was a bit fun. Some you know, bits that weren't. Did you watch it as a kid? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you? And did you like it as a kid? Yep. I mean, I I will say, I mean, I liked it more now as I did as a kid. But as a kid, it was one of those programs where I didn't love the really wild show. But when it was on, I would always watch it. Yeah, see, I think is like we... I would always sit down and watch Weird Wild Show, and I would think, okay, this is good. I mean, I don't, I wasn't in love with it. It would maybe be, I'm just waiting for the next program to come on because I think it used to come on just before Grange Hill and those kind of shows, and so you're just thinking, oh well, Weird Wild Show, just uh, hurry up with it so I can watch what I really want to watch. But it wasn't, it wasn't really like that for me. It was. Um, a case of okay, I don't mind. I'll watch the Really Wild Show. Yeah, I think we used to watch the um the na- all the nature documentaries as a family. So anything like naturey with animals and stuff like that, we all, it was all over it. So my parents loved that stuff as well. So it's one of those where yeah, it it is something that the one one for the whole family. And yeah, like I said, it, yeah, like you said, like I said, it was very good, very informative, very engaging. I liked it a lot. And, uh, yeah, it kind of held up fairly well. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a good place to bring it to an end. 
Um, yesterday's capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. So do like, share, subscribe, download, listen, do whatever it is your podcast platform allows you to do. Thank you if you are listening already, especially in Canada. I know we don't think much of your TV shows, but the love, the love is there. And we appreciate you listening and please continue to listen as we do more Canadian shows that are hopefully a lot better than the stuff that we've done. You can find Yesterday's Capers on our socials. So if you go on facebook.com forward slash Yesterday's Capers, we're on Facebook there. We're on Instagram at Yesterday's Capers 1. We're on Twitter at Yesterday Capers. You can find me on Instagram at Abdullah underscore Molim. You can find me on Twitter at Abdullah Merlin, all one word. Give me a holler, give me a shout, and join us next week for another episode of Yesterday's Capers. <laughs>